Yep. Look. Jesus coming back soon. Jesus coming back soon. Jesus coming back soon. Jesus coming back soon. It's about God pie. It's about God pie. It's about God pie. It's about God pie. Jesus coming back soon. It's about God pie. Jesus coming back soon. Jesus coming back soon. It's about God pie. It's about God pie. It's about God. It's about God pie. It's about God. It's about God pie. It's about God. Tune in every day. Tune in every day. Come to the 5 a.m. prayer. Be there. Every day. All right. So right now, I want to read a verse in the Bible. Romans 6 and 1. It says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present, present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law, but under grace. Oh, hallelujah. Don't you love those words? God's words is so good. So I'm going to say, Lord, consecrate to thee. Now let's go to Philippians 1 and 9 through 11. It says, And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense to the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. The demands which Jesus makes upon his followers have ever startled the world. Go and sell all, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. These are some of the things Jesus asked his disciples to do. 
Anything that interferes with our loyalty to Jesus Christ must be pushed into the background. It must be voted out. Every Christian must give Jesus Christ first place in his life. Jesus stresses this, that we are to live in the world, but not be a part of the world. We are his own bought with a price. Therefore, our love should be abound more and more. We are to walk circumspectly in this world. In short, our entire life must be dedicated to Jesus Christ, our Lord. Our entire life must be dedicated to Jesus Christ, our Lord. In his joy letter to the Philippians, Paul tells the, these Christians that he prays that their love may abound yet more and more, that their lives be filled with fruits of righteousness. This will happen if they grow in knowledge of Christ, who has redeemed them, as their understanding of this saving truth would grow upon them, their judgment of spiritual things would be developed. As redeemed and consecrated Christians, they search the scriptures and learn more and more that the redemption in Jesus Christ is all-embracing, all-inclusive. Therefore, they must not offend those that are without by living to sin. Paul prays that they, as redeemed and consecrated Christians, may approve the things that are excellent. In all that they do, he hopes they will strive to live in agreement with God's word, doing that which is approved in the scriptures and thus glorifying their Lord by their Christian lives. Therefore, he tells them later in this same letter, finally, brethren, Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Sometimes when we are sick, we become irritable, ugly, suspicious, yea, our hearts want to rebel against God. Satan whispers, God does not care for you. God has forsaken you. Just then, however, we should think of those things that are vital. Remember that God spared not, all, not his own son, but gave him for our redemption. If so, then truly God does not forsake us, even in our pain and distress. As redeemed and consecrated Christians, we also ought to be without guile and malice, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Jesus Christ. When examined in the sunlight, he should be found without guile. The sincere Christian has nothing to hide. Nothing to conceal. He is open-faced, open-hearted, without pretense and deception. Naturally, such a sincere Christian is filled with the fruits of righteousness, the fruits of the Spirit. It cannot be otherwise. Being reconciled with God, his loving abounds, and his thoughtfulness is always apparent. 
love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance are found in him as fruits of the Spirit. No one can fail to note these Christian virtues that are in him. He is saved and he acts as one that is saved. Herein is my Father glorified that ye may bear much fruit. So shall ye my disciples, says Jesus. The Christian virtues are also found The Christian virtues are also found in those Christians who are shut in by the sickness and affliction. They learn these virtues through daily meditating upon the word and through prayer. Christ's word shows them that they belong to him. They live for him. They give themselves to prayer and intercede for all men. Thoughtful and patient, cheerful and courageous. They live unto the Lord and glorify his name all the days of their life. Let's pray. Gracious Savior, thou hast patiently borne with me and has preserved me in my grace unto this day. I am not worthy of this, thy goodness and mercy of this, thy love. Yet, O oh Lord, I appreciate thy loving kindness and the peace that comes to me through thy precious word. Teach me to become more and more like thee. Fill me with patience, thoughtfulness, kindness. Remove from my heart doubt, distrust. Let not my suffering and affliction make me irritable and peevish. Forgive me where I have been unmindful. Of thy goodness and impatient with my household. Bless our home with thy peace and make us all mindful of thy mercies that by our Christian virtues we may be in this world glorifying thy name and be kept steadfast and faithful unto the end. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. You know, we just love you, Jesus. We love you. I got my hands up into the sky. And I'm just praising your holy name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for everything that you've done for us. We appreciate you, God. We appreciate you. We love you. And we're here. We're here to be your foot soldiers, to do whatever you need us to do, Father God. Whatever you want us to do, Father God. And I know that you don't need us you don't need our good works. Father God, fill me with the Holy Spirit that I can help my neighbor. Fill me that I can be somebody's help. Fill me with the Holy Spirit that I can help somebody else. That I can lead them to you, Father God, so that they can have the, the peace, the, the sincerity of knowing where they're going to be when they close their eyes on this side. Lord, we with you, God. And we believe this in the name of Jesus. Amen.